Hey, I'm MJ Taller, also known as a black wine guy. I went from being a totally obsessed wine newbie to becoming the world's first ever African-American fine and rare wine auctioneer in less than three years. In this show, I'll be talking to the mavericks, the philosophers, the players, and the deep thinkers who inhabit the world of wine. They'll share their experiences on how they made it, but more importantly, how they failed and got back up again. So grab a glass and let's get to it. This is the Black Wine Guy Experience. Hey everybody, what's up? It's your boy MJ. Welcome to the Black Wine Guy Experience. My guest today is an artist and the owner of BB Gratz Wines. BB Gratz! Uh, BB comes from a family of artists and he studied art at the Academia del Bella Arti in Florence. That's as good as I'm going to get. Sorry, BB. That's as good as my Italian is going to get. Um, he has been involved in the family production of wine since the 1990s and from the year 2000, wine has been his life. Uh, bringing his artistic background to the canvas of winemaking, BB conceives of wine as pure art. Welcome, BB. Hi. How are you? I'm good, man. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I got to be honest. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited you're here. Back during 2020, maybe 2021, um, when we weren't traveling, um, you did an IG Live with a friend of mine, Bruno, Bruno Almedia. And I was like, how the fuck did Bruno get BB Gratz? But I would prefer to do this, sit here and drink wine with you. So this is even better. So how you like me now, Bruno? Um, anyway, thank you so much for coming in. And uh, what, what wines are we going to be tasting today? Well, here we have a little uh, Ansonica from, uh, from Giglio. Uh, Giglio is this uh, tiny island in front of Tuscany where we make our white wines. And it's a very cool place. It's uh, yeah, an island off the coast of Tuscany. I could see that being a cool place. It's like all uh, terraces, very dramatic, oh. very very mm -hmm. steep terraces overlooking the ocean, and uh, beautiful, really beautiful, beautiful spot. Yeah, and that's yeah. obviously this is a great. Most people haven't heard of. Um, I know Italy has. What do you mean? I mean, this is the most famous. This is the best wine in the world. I didn't say about? the. I didn't say it wasn't the best wine in the world. I said people are not familiar. What are you talking about? I mean, uh, uh, Pinot Grigio. Like, no, 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 no. What? Ansonia. Ansonia. It's like everybody knows Ansonia. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and um, like, uh, tell people a little bit uh, and about. Um, this wine, because I've had, I've had, a, I've bought this wine before, a, a previous vintage, um, and um, it's all, it's also very age worthy, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a wine that has, uh, uh, it's more like, I mean, it's nearly like a red wine kind of character. It has this, uh, it has this, uh, you can use it. I mean, the, the, the island is traditionally an agriculture line okay. island mm -hmm. so it's um, the wines were used for farmers to drink and they were drink with fish but also with the meat mm -hmm. and so this is it's a wine that has a lot of character you know? the minerality is the what, what takes part is the game you know? so it's all about this really the the, the granite soil that is uh, in the lands and the soils 
and it's sand. So it's really, you know, all the picks out all the perfumes. Although it's not an aromatic grape, it's uh, a more like a, actually it's a, it's originally a table grape. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So you have quite large berries and, and, uh, and uh, I, I joke when I say that it's world famous, <laughs> but it's when you talk with the guys on the island, sure. You know, like no it's the best wine in the world and there is no doubt about that and it's like it's the center of it's the, the island it's like a microcosm by itself it's a small island it's like 16 kilometers by three but there is a real deep culture for wine and very rooted so and it's very the wines are very kind of orange wines that are all done without sulfites mm -hmm. and so real farming and dark they look like a coke i mean really really dark wines and and um and we talk to the guys just get them you know there is the wine on the island mm -hmm. and and the rest i mean no it's kind of there's nothing else you know, around it right. so that's why it's world famous in the island <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love that <laughs> if your world is the island it's it's world famous absolutely yeah. Um, and then uh, we'll get to these a little bit later, but just why don't you talk? Um, you brought some wines that aren't even available in the United States yet. You guys know how your boy MJ do. Um, so you have uh, you have a full range of wines, but what what are these new wines that we have here? These are they're called Balocchi. Okay, Balocchi means toys. Okay, it's my toys. It's your play. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Boys and their toys. Yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> so. I have been working for a long time with the, with many vineyards. We have a winery that is not exactly a traditional Tuscan winery. It's more like, more like a Californian winery. It's all we have contract. We buy grapes. Mm -hmm. We have Shanghai Shanghai's contract. It's kind of all in the air and and uh, lots of fun. And uh, my my goal, my dream is uh, from the beginning to work with old vines, so mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. incredibly old vineyards, up to over a hundred years old vineyards, and and uh, a lot of old vineyards. Probably we have the biggest portfolio of old vineyards in, in, in Tuscany right now. Wow, really cool. I fell in love with day one when when I started doing wine mm -hmm. in two thousand. Everybody was talking about high density it was a time of merlot all the all the uh, super tuscan was movement and everything and so everybody was talking about new plantation new clones high density <laughs> blah, 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 blah. and i w got struck struck <laughs> completely i went to see in vanilla one this little this little booth and the guys who were in that little doc got lost god knows where lost in Piemonte, where in order to be part of the doc the wines needed to be at least 30 years old. And before, they would just be, you know, simple table wines. Huh? And in Tuscany, the culture was that after 25 years, you change your plants and you replant. Mm. So it was kind of a, it was a shock, and I mm. really fell in love with the idea of, of this. Uh, and I st we had a vineyard that was old, you know, so it was really, okay, it's cool, huh? And it fit, like, in the project, and uh, so I, we started... I was going around and talking about you know old vineyards. God knows what clones are. And, uh, I mean, very few plants per hectare, and the opposite direction. <laughs> 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 so I don't know why, but in, in fact, at the end, we have been working with blending all these vineyards together, and it was a bit. Uh, 
somehow frustrating because not owning the vineyard, I could not really put my name on a single vineyard. Okay. And then, you know, after maybe five, six, ten years, you, you lose the vineyard. And yeah. I mean, th it was a bit strange to me, this whole thing. Then something happened in 2021, actually. We got hold of, uh, we, we actually, first we moved from our winery where we got, we were kind of kind of stuck in the winery for many, many years and we wanted to fi find another place and we found a fantastic place and we moved from the country in the city center in the main square of Fiesole, overlooking the city of Florence. We found a palace, used to be an old hotel. <laughs> And we with a disco under, and we transformed the disco in the winery. And okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're gonna get to all that because this is incredible. Um, let's start. The, let's go. Let's start the beginning. Where Where did you grow up? I was born in Florence. Okay, a bit out in the countryside. Okay, so but right in front of the city, but in a real. Uh, I mean, my parents were, as you said, it's an art family, and mm -hmm. and. Uh, whether it was a sculpture or is a sculpture. Um, but the farmers were living then on, uh, so we had a real nice, real, I mean, real rustic uh, Italian accent or Florentine accent. And uh, we were really hardcore, okay. you know, always cr climbing trees and wild. And <laughs> so we were really, really Florentine kids, early country kids. And we went to school in the center of Florence, and uh, rough school, like really, really rough school with the uh, so fighting every day. But <laughs> it was like cool. And uh, then we slowly grew up, and then had the we went to high school, art high school, and uh, academy of art, and then many things. First, uh, you know, ex many different experiences. And uh, then suddenly in 2000 and or in 1998, I started getting a bit more near to the family vineyard. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had two hectares that my father planted in the 60s. and But they were run by the farmers and, and the gardeners. And it was just going by itself, you know, kind of thing. And you just, is it just you or did you have any siblings, any brothers or sisters? Well, this little vineyard is two hectares. It was yeah. run by my mother and the gardener. Okay, okay but right, we were not right. doing labels, just doing. But even growing up, did you have the, like you're saying you used to fight in school, and and did you did you did you have a brother or sister that you fought with at home as well to oh, practice? Sure. <laughs> how, mm. I mean, yeah, I was fighting with everybody. It's like, <laughs> as I remember with me, my brother. I remember once like we have fighting every day. <laughs> no, like every day of our life we've been fighting yeah. until we were more or less. Like uh, I think twelve or thirteen. Okay. And then we got some once we got some guests coming with some kids, and these were kind of nasty guys, and they weren't they were on me, you know. And suddenly my brother protected me, <laughs> and I was like two years older than me, you know. And yeah. I say, fuck, my belly is not, maybe it's not such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the whole day. <laughs> We were the whole day without fighting <laughs> for the first time in our life. <laughs> See, I love that. It's so <laughs> you had a common enemy finally. And you yeah, said each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like and I, I, ever since we started, we, we dropped that fighting. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. You said your father was a sculptor. Now, um, 
when I think of when when I think of sculptor, I think of like Michelangelo's David. Now, was he? But there's like there's lots of things you can sculpt. Was he sculpting like souvenir type stuff, or was it was it like works of art? Was he doing like? Well, listen. He when he, in when he started, he was doing more uh, figurative. Mm -hmm. So. Um, really very really beautiful things mm -hmm. and um, then uh, at a certain point he passed to abstract okay. working with uh, uh, metal like uh, stainless steel and bronze and copper and and uh, and binding metal sheets and things and uh, really cool yeah, very nice things and and like everybody, like how do you make a living? Like, like was he selling these things? Like, he yeah, he was very clever. He managed to make a living out of his art, so not, not quite common. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah. So he's got sculptures all over the world, big monuments and things that, twelve meters high sculptures, in California and Switzerland and Germany, and uh, I mean all over the world. I mean he was he was managing very well to 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 make his art and to sell it. it not not. Every artist managed that. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so he lived of his own la art. Yeah. Got it. That's amazing. And so, growing up, your dad's an artist, and you know we we're going to get to where you went to university. Were you always? Um, were you there? Did you watch him work? Did you? Were you encouraged to? Did you, like we got coloring books here in the United States, like, and you know we try to color inside the lines, right? Like, like were you always? Uh, playing around with art even as you were growing up as a, as a child as a teenager well yes <laughs> i was we were i was very encouraged to do to to drawing mm -hmm. painting things uh, although when i became a teenager a bit up in my teenagers i i already pushed went a bit like this crashing with the art and with my father and everything mm -hmm. Because <laughs> you want your teenager, yeah. <laughs> <No>. yeah. <laughs> so actually, by the time that I was uh, at the end of the high school, I nearly realized that I was not going to be an artist. Although I thought I would have been an artist, I kind of started looking at myself around and was not so sure about myself anymore in that sense there. And and uh, so I started looking at other things. I started looking at experiences, uh, and then I was, but still keeping in the mind that like I was doing. Uh, I always ended up doing you know, very creative uh, things, but um, but uh, not pure art, you know, in the sense of art, abstract, living about as, as an artist, pure mm -hmm. artist. You know? mm -hmm. And um, until I went once to see, uh, started playing a bit more with his wine, but just easy, no, not really deep into it. And then I went to visit a winery for the first time. Uh, my, like my closest friends told me, hey, BB, I see that you're playing a bit with this wine. I was just doing it for fun. And he said, hey, why don't you go and see this friend of mine? He's got this winery in the Chianti Classico. They sell all the wine in Japan, and in Italy they sell it exclusively to this Enoteca Pinker. It's a three-star Michelin restaurant in Florence. Mm -hmm. They really do a great job. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, why, why not? I couldn't see. And I went to see that place there, and I got completely struck, like it was like I saw the light. Kind of, it was exactly like my house. It looked like you know a country house, and the guy was exactly my age. And I went into the together with him, with my girlfriend, the whole day, and 
he tasted the wines from the barrels. What the hell is this kind of? And I really discovered this world, and I, from that day, I just dropped everything and just poof. But you said your family did have like a two hectare vineyard that your mom and someone helped her farm growing up. So, did you always have wine on the table as growing up? Was your was that a part of your family meals? Was wine there? I remember when we were ten years old, we used to go to school with a little bottle of water, with half wa- half water and half wine. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> and we were really proud. Though, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a yes, everybody. Um, <laughs> and that was we were not not even ten; we were nine years old. And we were really playing tough. No? So <laughs> and then uh, we had—I mean, the, the, the cellar was full of wine because mm-hmm. we had two hectares of wine. Mm-hmm. So remember when we were teenagers coming up, you know, with the friends from school and getting in the cell, opening the <laughs> cellar and forget about everything it was right but you know this is a great is i would love your opinion because you are from a culture like italy is a culture italy has one of the most profound wine cultures in the world i mean seriously like um like you were saying even like the wine uh, like the, the white wine like there's that's the wine of the island and they ate it with fish and meat you know it was in the grapes were for the workers um why is it because i've heard this in france like why is it like why why and you've been to america why what do you think the difference in attitudes toward wine is so like you said you're nine years old and you're going to school with like a, a half wine half water mixture and and here you know like it's just it, it that would be so like you would probably if that happened, they would call child protective services and take your kids away from you. Visit your kid. <laughs> like, and you and, and you and listen. If you moved your family, like, no, that's what we do at home. And they'd be like, well, Mister Gratz, uh, <laughs> we don't allow the children to have one. What, what do you think? Like, because as someone who's traveled a lot, like, what do you? What kind of like? Why is the culture so different in Italy? I'll just speak on Italy versus like the United States when it comes to children and how wine is presented and not making a big deal out of it, right? Well, I think it's a, a historical thing. No, I mean, we we for I mean, we are. I mean, thing things changed a lot in Italy in the last uh, forty years. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, if you take a step behind, I mean, my the generation, two generation before me. I mean, and we are still. We have been having strong contacts. With his generations, mm-hmm. and um, I mean the wine was the life. I mean, not. I mean, I remember when I was in the island when I was small, mm-hmm. they would drag us in the cellars, and we were like ten years old, and even less. And they would drag us in the island of Giglio in the cellar and give us wine, and say it's good for you. They drink. It's good for you. <laughs> drink. It's good for you. This I think so. <laughs> there were there were no. They, I mean, until now there are some restrictions, mm-hmm. but there were there were, they, there were legally no restrictions in alcohol and kids. It's not got it. it. Right, 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 right. No drinking. So age I could. Yeah, I, I remember mm-hmm. I got pissed the first time with vodka going in the bar and drinking a vodka lemon cold. Mm-hmm. I mean, eleven years old. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. It was like it was like in the old times. I mean, you you read these these things in the books, you know, in England and in yeah. in, in Ireland. It's, I mean, there was no this kind of restrictions on yeah. the, when you would 
I mean, yeah, yeah, no, wine. It was like part of the culture, right? Right. No, that's great. I mean, because I think the reason why I asked is like I think the United States has like a higher rate of alcoholism, whatever that means, Um, and I think it's part because it's so demonized, it's not normalized. I think because because kids are sneaking away to drink it versus like they're forced like here. Drink this, drink this uh, 1950 Chianti Classic. You're like, I don't want it. <laughs> you know? Um, so, so obviously it was part. Um, what about um, your mom now? Was your mom a good cook? Like, so was the food and wine a big thing at your household? Well, I wouldn't say that food and wine was a big thing. Okay. I would say that food was a big thing. Okay. It's like, Food in my home, it's always been an amazing thing, and the wine was just there. <laughs> it's nothing that you should Yeah, it's just, it's, it, was a, it, it was the opposite, right? It was like the wine was to compliment the food, whereas like yeah. now we have a culture like, look at this incredible wine we have, and yeah. That's why the wine was good, was yeah. the cellar, and every year was different, but have, that's all. Because mm. uh, the wine was there, and it was delicious, it was good, and no problem. No conversation about the wine. Mm. Uh, the food was a mix, an amazing mix of uh, uh, the farming culture because we had the, f- the farmers were still on there in the, in the land. Mm-hmm. Norwegian culture because my mother's from Norway. Mm. Israeli culture because my father's from Israel. So it was a mix of all these things here that was a really... And, and my mom is like, uh, it's like the old... Italian mom, she, she came from Norway, but when she was really young, she came from Norway when she yeah. was 20 or something, and um, and she became a really Italian mama, so, so she keeps all her kids under her, under her wings, and she's cooking and doing the most amazing food, so it's like, food is, wow. yeah, it's so very important. So did you have some combination of Italian and Norwegian cuisine and Israel? I mean, that, like, that's like, it's so you, you didn't have typical... Tuscan fare per se, right? I mean, you use the ingredients, but your mom was making some different things, I would think. It's like, you could have like the best Italian or Tuscan dish made in the best way near to the Norwegian dish or mm-hmm. the Israeli dish, but mm-hmm. they're all made very carefully mm-hmm. to the point mm-hmm. that they should, I mean, they should match with my father's taste. that was <laughs> <laughs> very demanding. My Farmers' traditions that we we could I mean so there was a uh, yeah okay good stuff <laughs> it's all because that's amazing and every and then my mommy says she's uh, been uh, kind of uh, all her life at five o'clock more or less mm-hmm. make, making a cake mm. wow so, so we had every day a cake oh my god fresh and bake in the house it was fun. all the friends were very happy (laughs) that's amazing every day she that's i've never that's incredible food was important yeah food uh, yeah okay so yeah yeah that's a yes check food was important um (laughs) so you were actually saying that you didn't you know you had clashed with your father at one point you didn't think you were going to become an artist so then why did you end up at the academy del bella arti well listen i started doing uh, I started doing, looking myself around, and then I saw these guys that were doing like stained glass studio, and mm-hmm. I kind of got interested in the stained glass stuff, and and then I went started going deeper into the thing there, and uh, made some stages in France uh, for 
painting and cooking the paint in, in ceramic ovens and stuff like that. And then in somehow I, I said, okay, well, it won't harm to do one aside the Academy of Art. But I kind of I did a bit like easy. No, I didn't really do it deeply how I would have done it if I like when I was in high school I was really deep into art and expressing myself you know, and all like that. When I was in the academy I was just I was more easy, kind of. Gotcha. Yeah. It was just it was easy. I get it. Like I, I can do the I can get a degree. Like it was not like there was no challenge you want no, to push yourself. I, yeah. No, I was not into the let's say I knew that I would not become an artist. <laughs> I always just did it. And sometimes just the thing. <laughs> so I'm just little notes on the wine. It's so minerally. Like the mineral element is amazing of this. I mean, it's great, great acid, but you're right. Like it seems like this grape is like a conduit for the terroir. Like what's, what, you know, the soils that it was growing in. Um, so um, not being an artist, you're at the academy. Um, and uh, I haven't been, my wife's been, but like, tell people like, what's Florence like? What's like Florence and Siena like? Like, must be amazing. Well, listen, it's a place where definitely if you have been studying art and you're in Florence, it's a definitely a good place to be. Because mm -hmm. I mean, we have been really, I mean, the hi in high school I've been spending really, you know, all my time in, Painting, drawing, sculpting, studying art, and and the fact that you are all in the middle of it and you are studying it gives you such a different uh -huh. experience, you know, because mm -hmm. it's something not abstract. You, know, you are right, full in it, uh, yeah. and it, you can just turn yourself. I mean, put your head up, you see everything. It's there, what you're studying and what you're experiencing. Really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, <coughs> you were saying. Um, you you know, your family was making wine since you were a kid, and you kind of got pulled into some things with that. Is that right? Like, did you have to do? Did you do harvest when you're like a teenager? Or, or uh, we were always involved in, in okay. harvest. No, it's like it was the 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 moment of the year. No? Like uh, the farmers asked us to come and help. We went. Uh, we had all friends from all over the all over the world coming and helping in the harvest. It was a big harvest party. I mean, you know, long table, sticks, uh, music, dancing. I mean he says it's like this is like everybody's life. <laughs> like, you, like you, now that you're like you now that you're on, you know, you're on the business side. It's like you know, people pay like five hundred dollars a head to be like go sit in a vineyard at a long table. That's like kind of how you grew up. That was like a thing, right? Yeah, it was no. I mean, actually, it's actually one of the main reasons why I started wine. Okay, because at a certain point in '96. The, the gardener who were running the property mm -hmm. suddenly went in pension without a surprise. There was a, like a, a law in Italy that allowed people to, if they had done 30 years of work, they could go in pension. <laughs> That's what I love. But, but go, wait, they actually, labor laws came into play. By the way. Like, I, I'm getting, like, it'd be a pain in the ass to have been someone working and also I'm like, well, you owe me 30 years worth of pension. But like, I get it. Like, he's like, like I'm done. <laughs> no, so they, there was a window and he just got it and he was 54. So he started working young. Oh, he's a lazy man. Yeah. 54 yeah. and he's retiring? Yeah. It's like he earned some money on Wall Street. Come on, man. <laughs> so it's like, so he suddenly was out. You know? <laughs> and I found myself with this hot potato and I was, I suddenly ran this business mm -hmm. alone. And it, I mean, 97 was the most important 
vintage in Tuscany and we uh, all our grapes were rotten because we hired a new guy who was an asshole mm. and just spoiled everything and it was a mess and so it was a, it was really challenging and it was taking I mean two hectares of vine should be you know easy it's an easy ball yeah. it was really demanding you know at the point where I mean I said okay well, what should we do and we were, can, can we continue this thing here or should we just drop it I mean it's, come on I don't want to spend all my weekends the tractor and it's not my it was not my goal in my life <laughs> kind of <laughs> no, no. and then i started thinking and looking at everything and then i said you know what i mean i can't drop the, ca- the harvest party you know i need to have this, fun, oh, I love this party it. Going. it was about the party it was about the party you know? it was like the most important thing in the family it was like for <laughs> me I, I, couldn't, I couldn't just drop the party so i just continued with the wine <laughs> oh that's amazing <laughs> That's that's yeah. so amazing. So before '96, um, uh, like when did you get out? Like what did you do when you got out of uh, from university? When you got out of university, uh, what were you kind of like doing with yourself? Well, I my f- we had this property overlooking the city. It's a pretty amazing property, mm-hmm. and first people they, they were thinking about selling it, and then they decided to make an activity. So I said, okay, well, I can I can give a sh- I can give a, a window of my time to this uh, activity. Mm-hmm. So it was in 92. So at the end, I kind of developed this thing and it became, uh, uh, we're doing, you know, like shows, art shows, and should be a multi-fashion, multi-multi. Multimedia type thing. Yeah, and, and also, weddings for sustainability and you know, congresses and stuff so uh, yeah i mean in, in in like in two three years it became the most popular place in florence because it was really beautiful and i was working like a dog to make it happen and um then in, in 97 98 99 i realized that family business mm, bit too complicated no, looks like looks like if they're doing a favor no, for you as a kind of mm, I'm breaking my ass and <laughs> kind of <laughs> doing making it happen and it's like they are making me a favor. Hmm, maybe not. <laughs> so I kind of start looking myself around. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I actually went and, and then when all this thing here happened with the wine, I decided to make my wine and took over there little vineyard of my mother and just boop, I went on my own and did my own thing and so you weren't <coughs> you weren't necessarily doing it you were like an events you had an event center or, or you had a beautiful properties where people were like renting it for things that yeah you know, yeah okay yeah and and how did you but um, in the meantime you know you had the I was still like there were just decorations for the parties, and suddenly we, we made up a little company okay, yeah, for yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, flower yeah. decorations, and and it was called Crazy Flowers, and it was like uh, we were doing like incredible, you know, because we had like weddings and stuff that were like grand, you know, yeah, and we had contacts in the thing, so we kind of like doing like suddenly I found myself doing flower decoration for this uh, top model of. Uh, what was it? I got to have some kind of Armani w- together with uh, <laughs> da, 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 10,000 white roses in the f- covering hotels. Po- da, 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 a mess, no? Fantastic works. And uh, 
it was fun. So I always find myself involved with, you know, creativity and stuff. Yeah. I, found, yeah. I managed to find my space here. Yeah, super creative. Okay, that's great. But also you're just kind of like, yeah, we did like a 10,000 white rose thing for Armani. Yeah, it was just Milan fashion. Yeah, it's after party. Oh, PB. <laughs> <laughs> I always find myself in the most crazy things. I don't know. <laughs> I have the attraction. <laughs> yeah, no, that's why it's so funny. Like, like when, when people come on, like you know, we'll, 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 the wine will get in there. But like the store, the people who are in the wine business are so fascinating. Their stories. There, there's always like, like, oh yeah, I remember that time this happened, and you know, and but like, you know, to to not want to be our school, our school, and then you you are still finding ways to be creative. Like, like. Where does that come from? Like, like I th when you think of okay, sculpting, drawing, but then where does like the idea to create something with roses come from? Like, is, is that just a creative gene, or like, how do you, how do you find these ideas for all these events you were doing? Like you said, I mean, I don't know, probably in the genes. <laughs> like, uh, my grandfather used to be one of the greatest artists in Norway. I mean, uh, when okay, the old times and. Okay. And on the other side of my father's side, the guy, my grandfather, came, started from scratch, came from Israel and went to live in, in Israel and when he was 18 and became one of the biggest ship company owner in, in Israel. And I mean, so I mean, somehow, some, some, some kind of genes there are. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least, I mean, good enough. God knows. <laughs> <laughs> you know god, what god is gonna tell hey, well, yeah, i mean time will tell right i mean <laughs> you know let's take a uh we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with more bb grats because uh, there's so much to unpack here so we'll be back in a few seconds everybody hang on okay we're back with bb grats and we were talking about just his genes like like when i said in the beginning it's from a family of artists it doesn't say how many generations of artists it just i'm like okay his mom and dad are artists that's where my mind goes um but no it goes further than that and then now i'm understanding the business side <laughs> grandfather was like a shipping magnet <laughs> um so you you kind of had reached a point with uh what you were doing and like I said, so around 2000, you had to have that. You had to have that party in 97. That's really what kept you in wine. All right. So, um, and then earlier you mentioned you went to visit this winery, and you were like, "Oh my God!" So was that around the same time? Around 2000, you decided to take over. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's all the same time. Yeah. Like it was in the 99 when I saw this place here, right? And uh, and then it's like you know things happen. You know, it's like it's. Uh, you have you start the path and uh, and then you see there are signs that they're so clearly strong that you can't avoid mm -hmm. just saying okay this is a sign I need to go here you know, kind of mm -hmm. and there were many things like this in the wine in my process of getting near to the wine wine business and wine world and yeah, yeah. so you take o you so when you say take over in two thousand what is that this is just still the the two hectares, correct? It's still two hectares. Okay. It's called uh, Azienda Agricola Erasmus and Suniva, my mother's name. And okay. uh, 
and uh, it's run by used to be run by the gardener and then whatever and uh, two hectares and uh, so I, I took it I created BB Gretz yeah at the end agricola BB Gretz and I hired another two hectares the top of the mountain the first year it was only our vineyard then we hired uh, the second year I hired another vineyard on the top of the mountain and then I started looking, surfing around and looking for other vineyards. And in 2003, another batch came and uh, another buff came and slowly, slowly. Uh, so that, that original two hectares, that is um, planted to primarily Sangiovese? Is it, it's the old Chianti thing, you know. So there's yeah. you have uh, Sangiovese, Caraiolo, Malvasia Bianca, mm, Trebbiano, and uh, a bit of Colorino. All right. And so um, <coughs> you form... Um, I can never say Azienda Agricola BB Gratz. Uh, I'll just say it real fast. Um, <coughs> and and I said to myself, I want to make the best wines in the world. Boom. And I I said, okay, if I do this, okay, I want to do. That. I want to. I want to think big. I want to. I want to be you know, the top. No. Mm -hmm. I didn't exactly know what it meant, but I just thought. <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> <So> <laughs> but it was fun because I, when I started, I needed to hire a winemaker because I could not do yeah. continue doing the fucking candy wines. Yeah. You know? so, it's, I, so I hired a winemaker and I told him that uh, he came to visit me. He saw the property and said, I told him, that's okay, I want to make the best wine in the world. I said, told him. And after like two, three years, you know, I, he told me, you know, I, the first time I came, they told me like this. I thought, here's another asshole coming, <laughs> taking his, uh, another one. Uh, here's another one. Yeah. But yep. the funny thing, he told me this after the second year. I went, I mean, I had my first vintage, which got like reviewed like the best. The second, it was like the most, uh, the most popular wine reviewer at the time in Italy, 2000. And in 2000, it was Veronelli. Okay. When Veronelli was still alive. And he came and tasted my wines, and they got completely struck and gave us like ninety-five points, which was the second score in the whole country. So really, really high, high rating. This is your this is your second first first vintage. vintage. First vintage. And wow. then with my second vintage, I went. It, it, by the time it was two thousand and one, so it was two thousand and three. It was the bottle. I went to Vin Expo, mm -hmm. and I went to Vin Expo, and and I brought some wines, obviously. <laughs> it wouldn't be an ex it wouldn't be a van expo no without the van <laughs> yeah. so I, I and then i meet a guy that bought some wines for me in switzerland and, and he told me yeah maybe there is a competition in the vin expo i mean one of my employees is uh won the prize is the best sommelier in the world and uh and paolo basso and is uh, very famous and he's taking part of this competition they want to bring a bottle test amata i said please sure, take sure to yeah then I left the ferry, went to Norway, and I was like going around with, the, with my rep and selling, trying to sell some wines. And I got a phone call and said, Congratulations, Mr. Gretz, with the Swiss guy. You won the prize as the best red wine <laughs> in the world <laughs> at Vin Expo with my second, second vintage. <laughs> so I told my, I go back to my analogies and I, said, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, You know what? Fuck. You told me that I didn't believe it. You <laughs> fucking did it. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, like that's like every asshole says, like I want to make the best wine, or like, or every every technology company, we're gonna change the world. That's like, but like, that's kind of crazy. First vintage, second highest score of an Italian wine by the top Italian wine critic, and then 
just best wine in the world. Um, <laughs> and 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 but I gotta ask you, like, so you're right in Chianti Classico wine, like, wh- like why don't you just make Chianti? Why you just why don't you just make Chianti Classico? Well, first of all, we are not in the Chianti Classico. We are in the Chianti. You're in okay, so you're not even in class. Okay, got it. No. So we were, so it was kind of the conversation was uh, with my father, you know, I said, okay, I was telling him, like, or he didn't know anything about the wine world. So it's like, so it's like, I was telling him a bit, was, uh, 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 and was explaining him, uh, and then tell me, hey, listen, do you want to be, do you want to be the, the, do you want to be the head of, do you want to be the tail of the lion, or do you want to be the head of the rabbit, kind of, no? And you know, the line was the IGT, you know, with the yep. super Tosca yep. and stuff. You know, so I said, okay, well, I want to be the head. Of, I want to be the tail <laughs> of the line, you know. And then we grabbed the line by the balls, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, so like, so you're on this trajectory, right? So, like, and the wine that won best wine wine of the year, what, was that 100% Sangiovese? No, at the time, the first vintages was with the Colleen and the Canaiolo as well, and also some Moscato and Malvasia that I had in a vineyard on the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, but it was all indigenous varieties, and it was, uh, I, I mean, there was so much, I think there was so much passion and so much work done in the vineyard yeah. that really make the difference of the wines. I mean, there's not, I mean, the vineyards are seasonal. Uh, it's a seasonal plant. Goes to sleep and wakes up. If you start from when it wakes up, the whole year, take care of her in a really incredible. I was tying every shoot one by one and make sure that every lead would have enough sun mm. and every shoot blah, 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 that was completely crazy, freaking out totally, and I'm trying to understand the plants and try to really get the best out of it. And then I'm sleepless nights during the fermentation in the cellar, and every time we should touch the wines, I was freaking out. It's like, no, do it right. Nothing could be wrong. Everything was, no. I was scared of shit. Like everything was. I know I was, you know, mm-hmm. making this and all just freak out completely, and uh, calling him every five minutes. So <laughs> the word is, but this thing here makes you know, the difference at the end that you can really you know, feel that there is something different in what you do. And also, if you do this thing here, you have a base of an analogist that can help you to do something nice. And then you put all your energy in it, it comes out you know, somehow. Yeah. So um, I'm going to taste, I'm going to start tasting these. So what's this start is with the number eight, actually. This number one here. eight, okay. Let's start yeah. with number eight. This and um, you do all the artwork on these, right? Uh, the Balocchi, which is the toys. I ask, I ask my kids to do the drawings. Ah, uh, okay. Oh. So number eight happened to be by chance my last kid, who oh. is eight years old. So number eight. <laughs> but it was all by coincidence. It, it all I makes sense. Sw- I mean, it really, it it all. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the story comes up, no? Yeah. So well, yeah, <laughs> tell the story. So. Ludovico made the point the painting. This mm-hmm. is a it's a very special plot for us. It's the latest the last s- plot that came to the vineyard. Mm-hmm. And Ludovico is the last kid that came, also very special. <laughs> and um, 
It's a pure Canaiolo. Oh, wow. So it's probably the, if not the first time. Probably the only time it. in the freaking world yeah. anyone's ever made it. Wow. It's pure Canaiolo, and it's an amazing wine. Mm. You can just dump in there. Can it? Yeah. Um, okay, you heard that pure Caniolo. I didn't. So you know, uh, it's a, it's a, no, it's kind of a, a tribute to Colore. No, it's uh, this uh, selection here, and um, it Colore has been. Our, it's our main brand, and mm -hmm. it's always been done with Colorino, Caniolo, mm -hmm. and Sangiovese, and then slowly, slowly turned out to turn Sangiovese became bigger and bigger and bigger, mm -hmm. and now the last two vintages, Sangiovese is out. No, it's uh, Canaiola and Colorino are out, and it's only Sangiovese, but it has always been in and out, you know. And and uh, Canaiolo, it's, uh, I mean, it's a tribute to the Colore, but it's also a tribute to Tuscany because it's the old, no, real uh, story of Tuscany. It's Canaiolo, it's Sangiovese, it's Colorino, no, with the red wines, no, it's the, the, the real deep story, no. So it's really cool to have a pure canola. Um, that is insane. Um, but you're kind of known for like you're a renegade. Like you just like you um, do what you think is important to make the best possible wine. Is that safe to say? Well, uh, listen, I I do I, I have ideas, and I I, I I I mean I have ideas, and until I bang my head, I don't I don't go back. I mean. You know. Can tell me whatever you want. I don't hear. It. It's kind of <laughs> no. <laughs> no. and it's the same thing with the wines. I mean, I don't. I, I mean, I, I try to make fantastic wines, but not necessarily to please somebody. I mean, like I have an idea and I, and I go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm reading a book right now by a, a music producer, Rick Rubin, um, and it's called The Creative Act. And he just and in the book he says what you said, like. Art is for the artist to express himself. If you're if you're doing it for any other reason, you're not an artist. Like, yeah. In fact, I, I feel I feel the wines are a way to express myself, and to express, and not only to express myself, but to say something. You mm -hmm. want to say something. You want to give a message. Mm -hmm. No. This is what I feel. No, and the way I work, and the hell. Yeah. You 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 like it, man? You don't like it? I'm happy. I mean, no problem. Mm. I mean, I cannot go in bed with everybody. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> and what what's so great about something like this? Like, there, I have no point of reference for a wine like this, right? Like, uh, and when we're drinking wines, we're always going through the catalog in our mind. But there's no point of reference. I mean, I can. It's See, you know, it's got some, and it's got some Beaujolais stuff going on, but really no point of reference for this type of wine. It's not no, like no, no, no. I've ever had a Canyon. I'm like, oh, I'm not, there's nothing to compare it to, which is, makes it art right in and of itself just for that fact. Well, it's, no, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, that's why it's so important. I mean, it's, it's the history of Tuscany and, mm -hmm. and, and you're saying something, well, it doesn't match. I mean, I know I have so many old vineyards, mm -hmm. and the old vineyards all have Canaiolo, but in many vineyards, 50% Canaiolo. And now it doesn't exist anymore. You don't find it. It was all kind of lost in translation between the between the 70, no, even not. Between the nine, end of the 80s and the 90s, it mm -hmm. was lost in translation. Mm -hmm. So suddenly they replanted it, made all the new high-density fucking vineyards, and... 
and it's uh, they planted Sangiovese, Cabernet Merlot, and the Canaiolo was not good enough. I mean, this is the most amazing wine. This I mean, is so good. So good. I mean, what are you talking about? No, so, and if you talk with any enologist, they will tell you, uh, no, Canaiolo is not consistent. Uh, no, Canaiolo. Pinot Noir is not consistent. But what the fuck are you talking about? You don't right, know. Right. You, don't, you didn't try it. Just right. saying it. Yeah, right? you, yeah. don't, you never tried. You try it before doing it. I mean, this is fucking best wine I'm doing. Yeah. Right. What the, what's the story? So uh, it's important to say things like that, you know, and and uh, and stand out and and uh, show it. No? Yeah. So it's actually these three wines here is our top labels. No, it's like above Colore. Okay. Right? So it's gonna, buff, you know, and say here we are. Here we are. <laughs> 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 no shy thing. Little by the glass. No, no, forget about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. This is not a BT uh, by the glass pr- program wine. This is like, like what? How much is it? You know, if people know Italian wine, they know your name. But like, there'll be people who'll be like, "Why is this bottle of wine so expensive? <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> it just says Rosso." <laughs> um, and then also, I know, like you, we talked about. So you're in Tuscany, right? So you talked about super Tuscan. So people, um, you know, it became viable. Some some crazy guy got some idea and. 70s like let me plant cabernet and you know and merlot and some of those wines are amazing um however your uh the testamata and the glory have been like the, technically they're not a super tuscan right yeah technically they're not yeah, yeah but they're the high they always they've, they've been the highest rate of super tuscans like the past like three or four years like with like suckling they've been getting like 9900 like outscoring the ornalias the sasakayas yeah, it's it's uh, it's. I, I mean, as usual, I'm not in the right place. You know, this thing. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I always find myself, you know, with the wrong clothes, the wrong shoes, the wrong spells, the wrong spots, you know, somehow, whatever. <laughs> Why? Is, so, I, explain this to me, and the listeners. So, how are you a super Tuscan without using any Cabernet Merlot, Syrah, Petit Verdot? I mean, listen. It's it's uh, the the super Tuscan category is uh, it's kind of a fantasy, you know. It's not a, a it's not a, a dear it's not a restricted area. It's right. not a, there is no rules within the so. In fact, you can do whatever you want because there is no written rules about the super Tuscans. Right. So it's like it's like out of the DOC. And you can do what you want. Okay, so I do what I want, kind of, no? But they all went towards bold, big wines that are, you know, Bordeaux, New World, uh, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, I mean, you cannot say Bordeaux, New World, but or Bordeaux or New World, you know? And uh, they, they all went there, no? While I said, why? I mean, is it super Tuscan? It's need to be... Can I also Sangiovese Colorino? Why do you go? I mean, if it's if you call it super Tuscan, mm-hmm. you need to do fucking Tuscan wines. Right, I yeah. mean, varietals. That, yeah. This is the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are we talking about? Are we talking about Tuscany? What's the what's written on the label? Kind of no. So why not? So, but in fact, so there is a space. No? So that's. Uh, <laughs> 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 so. 
There is a little space for me as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> you, you've talked, you've said this a number of times, old vineyards. Um, what's your obsession with old vine older vineyards, old vines? Well, listen, it's um, old vines give amazing vineyard vine. Mm -hmm. Old vines give amazing wines. Mm -hmm. Um... It's just no. It's just easy. You, know, <laughs> you, you, you go in the cellar. You, know, you have a barrel of a vineyard that is six years old. Mm -hmm. Just make three, five, six little barrels of wine, and you taste it. You say, <laughs> "It's mine." <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they're just so good. No, it's not. It's a little. It's a heck up. No, from the more like below twenty years old, which can have, I mean, more much more power. Young vines are much more powerful, much more beautiful, much more everything. But it's like there is something sophisticated in this old vines, which is really, really attractive. And and the wine I'm having now, um, this is a like around sixty years old vineyard. Sixties, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's uh, it's a it's an, an incredible place. It's like high up in the mountain, and it's a place where it's very 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 windy and uh, cold cold like hell it's like okay it's in the winter you need to have like three or four layers of clothes to work because it's really cold and windy and in the summer it's actually especially in the last three vintages that were really hot vintages no the fact that you have so much wind mm -hmm. the, the air doesn't sticks and it doesn't get boiling so the wines get beautiful and it's really it's an amazing terroir, no, especially for hotter summers, no. And um, so it's also for me very important to show this wine here. The reason I decided to take this spot here is because when we discovered that terroir there, mm -hmm. we started looking and digging in because it was a completely undiscovered terroir. It's a valley that where no no one has been doing wines, and we hired a, a plot of wines vineyard like. 12 hectares of amazing old vineyards mm -hmm. that were just used for doing like one euro wines in the supermarket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we hired this land here for 20 years and and it has the most incredible vineyards inside. It's like the cream and the soil is like, you know, salt and pepper. We have this brown and this little rocks in. It's like, it looks amazing. And so we started looking ourselves around and we found finally after 20 years of uh, impossible to find our place mm -hmm. we found 90 hectares right there oh wow that goes up to 650 meters over you from all the vineyards you see the dome of florence <laughs> it's like no uh, it's and it's a fucking incredibly beautiful place with an energy that is amazing yeah so that's why i bring this here this one here and i decided to use the color the canaiola from this plot because this is kind of our terroir of the future, now the winery. Got it, got yeah. it. Very special. So you mentioned you said energy, and we've talked about old vines. What is like your over, and obviously art is a big theme for you. What's like your over our, overarching, what's your winemaking philosophy? Well, listen, I, um, I am uh, kind of, uh, Slowly, slowly, I started you know, my first three years without knowing anything about 
wine, so I needed to bring an analogy who brought in all these techniques and all this. Uh, and it took me more or less 15 years to get rid of all this bullshit and <laughs> all this analogy and mm -hmm. all this thing. And so I kind of, kind of, there is the naked chef, I'm kind of the naked winemaker. <laughs> I, don't, I don't do anything anymore. No? Yeah. No green harvest. Uh, oh wow! No, You're just no bleeding. No cultivators. No new wood. No nothing. No tannins. No just no control temperature. Completely just, just let the soil speak and wow. the terroir speak. No, so completely naked. No pure, no? pure. No pure grapes. No juice. No? So, uh, and uh, so that's my philosophy. And it and. And uh, very easy, simple. No, it's um, the there is a, a, a we're saying in Piemonte. No, it's they say il vin bon lo fa la vigna del pelandro. No, and the good wine it comes from the lazy winemaker. <laughs> Which I is the opposite of my beginning. Yeah, because no? the beginning it was really meticulous. Now, now I let it go. I gotta learn from my, I learn from my accidents that it's much sometimes much better to let it go. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I th I think there is there can if you're not if you are hands off. There, it would appear that you're lazy in the wine because there's there's a lot of you gotta wait for shit to ripen. Nothing to do. It's like there's times where it's just nothing to do. Um, now you explain that philosophy, but why did why did that become your philosophy? Like why did why did why like is is for you is is the soil the canvas? I mean, what is the soil? What like what, what why is that? Like you're just like I'm gonna put out what the soil puts out. Listen, I I am doing quality. Okay. No, uh, my goal is to do quality in life. Which we clearly we right out the gate you achieve mm -hmm. that. So. I just do whatever adds something to my quality. Mm, okay. So whatever I, when I do a choice, it's because I made experiments and it's bad, not because it's a no uh, an idea. No, we actually we actually do try and actually see the results and it's actually better. And then we go for it. No, so we we tried we tried all these experiments. I mean. It's also a, a philosophy, you know, where you say, okay, where you want to, where you want to go, and what's it? If I mean, techniques are when you start using it, there is always a technique. I mean, no, mm -hmm. it's not doesn't happen by itself. No, so mm -hmm. also, if I do it without technique, it's a technique. Yeah, right, anyway, right exactly, no. right. So no it's kind of a, is a technique. It's always <laughs> it's always doing. No, yeah. it's always doing. Right. No? So, uh, so it's um, it's kind of a. a Just to get uh, you, at least for me, it's my way for getting where I want and to say something, okay. to say my give my message, to mm -hmm. say a side, to show a side of Tuscany that is still unshowed, no, somehow. So, transparency look at this wine here, yeah, look at the color of this mm -hmm. wine, mm -hmm. oh, it's like completely transparent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go so light in color, yeah, you mm -hmm. go through it. I mean. It's not a classic Tuscan wine, no? but it's, I mean, it's done in the most pure and, and, and simple way. So, I mean, they should be, they should all be like that, maybe. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what should I taste next of these? 
The second white space is the number three? No, number one. This is a pure Sangiovese coming from the plot. It's okay. The People plot. know we're in a studio. Thank you. The first plot we used, so the one that my father Another, just the, the color. It's, it's very transparent, very light. Yeah, and it's not the lightest one, but it's because we, but don't, we didn't want to shock the people too much. So big nose, though. Like, yeah, it's despite the colors, like, boom, it's, it's booming. Yeah, it's uh, plums. Um, so this is 100% Sangiovese. 100% Sangiovese. Mm. And From you don't use any new oak or anything? Just no, here there is. You, you don't really feel the oak, no? It's not, uh, no, it's not no, there. No. no. All right, so <coughs> it's a uh, spicy, you know, like uh, really. Now this is like so. This is your new flagship. This is your new flagship. Um, so how old are the vines in like a wine like this? This is uh, around sixty years old. Also, also this plot here. Mm. Wow, I gotta tell you. That's good. Like, and if people, my listeners know, like, that's like a, like California ripeness, but I'm it's it's, but it's just light. But the fruit is just mm. sweet, cherries and plums and incredible spice. It's good. That's insane. That is insane. And it's so funny. I don't normally. Wow. And so, number one, who did, is this your oldest child did the label? This, this is one? the number one, Margarita. Margarita. <laughs> Margarita made the painting. Again, everything by accident. Eh? They made a painting. We didn't choose the number. With and, then, and then it was there. It all happened to go together. <laughs> so, it's uh, Margarita who made this drawing here. They were all pissed off because I have four kids. No? Yep. So I only see three wines here. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but what happened is that Rosa which is my second daughter, mm -hmm. a few years ago in 2018 or something like that, she made a painting of, of the, um, our sparkling wine, the Bolla Matta, no? And I mean, she's really fast, the girl there, and, and, uh, and uh, she, she had, uh, of the four kids, maybe she's a bit more the one that's like me, she has visions, and she, she's too wet, actually, she's not only seeing it, huh? And um, so every time, so we made, a, we went together in the cellar and started painting and doing sketches for doing this label. And she obviously made the best in show, beating everybody, me included, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and so she got the label, huh? Yeah. And ever since, for many years, they were, oh, Rosa is the only one that have a label here. <laughs> so I had, I had to do something. So I, So this time, the other guys, they got all the label. <laughs> so crazy. But speaking of labels, I heard a story that um, when you, for a number of years, your wine had a phallic symbol on it. Mm. That's one wine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Tell people that story. And then like, and that's what I think is funny. And then the ATF finally caught on, like like ten years later. <laughs> so what? What was that wine? And what was that? What was that? <laughs> well, it's a good story. It's uh, when I started wine at the beginning. Of, you know, it's all about very important thing is the name of your wine. Okay? Sure. It's yeah. Like 
it's it's the wine. You know, it's like the the thing. You know, so how do we call the wine? So we were really deep into this thing. For the finding the name of Testamate, it took me nearly two years of, of work. Does it mean like hard head or something? Crazy head. Crazy head. So it took me nearly two years finding the name of the, na- yeah. of the wine, but really deep, 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 every day, every day, writing names with all my friends, and, all, blah, 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 and I was freaking out to find the name. And within all the process, I was once in a, with some friends, and one of the guys said, came out with a word, Sofogone, which is a, it's a slang word. It's kind of, it's a slang word in in uh, in, in Tuscan. No, it's quite fine. It's not uh, it's not a vulgar. It's kind of uh, you use it in the vernacular world, in the theater world, and it's kind mm-hmm. of you know, a bit very ironic. No, uh, it's used very much. There is an an ironic journal, uh, newspaper mm-hmm. critic, uh, critic ironic. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and they use very much the word sopogone, you know, and uh, and it's kind of it actually means a blowjob, yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's it's it means a blowjob, but it's um, it's sofocone means a big suffocation, <laughs> no, <laughs> big choke, kind of, no. And it's and it's no, it's fun because it's like when in Italian you have everything that's small is ino, okay, everything that's big is one. <laughs> no. and you have this tradition Tuscany you know they have the Asinone the big wine from mm-hmm. uh, Avignonese Porgione it's a big Montalcino wine so this is One and I said fuck I want to make my One and I was like yes. <laughs> and I, uh, I saw the picture and then we came out and I was with this friend they came up with a Sofocone I said can you imagine I just was in my office I went out and I, I saw the picture you know, like I was thinking about the you know, Castello di Rampolla no? the Chianti Classico mm-hmm. with a thing like this yeah so Focone di Vinciliata. I saw the <laughs> case of wine that was written. So Focone di Vinciliata. I just saw the image there. Fantastic. And uh, but it's not vulgar again because it's it, like fifty percent of the people would know what it means. Well, exactly. Not, I mean, it's yeah. not like yeah. it's not like the, it's not blowjob. Right. It's kind of a, right. it's, a, it's very fine, right. edgy. It's kind of you know. People has respect of it in Italy. It's kind of a bit of a nearly it's a fucking genius thing because yeah, it goes totally. really on the edge. Yep, but yep, never, yep, not vulgar, but yep, right. but edgy. No? Yeah, yep. So, so the translation is much more direct. No, let's say. Yeah. Well, it's and a problem with American English. Things lose it a lot in translation. Ah, but that's every language. Yeah, that's yeah. a kind of a thing. Yeah. But it's a. So we we first uh, start importing Sofocone in US with normal formats. Yeah. And immediately I got a claim from the Federal Office of Control of Labels and stuff yeah. like that. And they wrote us a letter. They wrote a letter to the importer and the importer turned it to me and they said, oh, they, it's apparently looks like uh, it's this word is fellatio uh, <laughs> and it's representing everything. And I just said, wow, what, what should we tell them? <laughs> so I started a bit of a story. You know? yeah. <laughs> and I, I uh, I'm very clever with the story. Yes, so I, so I started saying, yeah, you know, we are on top of Florence. Uh, <laughs> it's where everybody goes jogging in the weekends, you know, and it's up at the hill. So people get there, you c- can't r- breathe anymore. So it's the suffocation. That means it's suffocation. No, it's kind of, uh, so I wrote the whole, and I, nev- I didn't even go right. to the fallation. No, I, right. I didn't even right. talk about it. I just right. went straight. Just, you know? yeah. Forget about it. Ah, okay, approved. <laughs> no? <laughs> Then, three years later, we decided to apply for the magnums. Uh, 
and they went and they went on the net so for corner of blow job explosion of blow job yeah wow. so bandit no, yeah. no. so damn so, you Rocco Safridi <laughs> so we could we're not allowed to sell for this for several years but at a certain point we got pissed off because together with my important in in uh, in California, mm -hmm. it was a really cool guy. We had, we had so much fun. And he, he got on it and he wrote to the ATF, yeah. ATF yep. and said, listen, we have been selling this wine yep. for years and no one has been yeah. offended. Exactly. So we want to understand exactly what's going on. Right. Huh? I, it's, it's because I was sure it was about the word. Right. Huh? So that's why I never really insisted because it was so obviously, you know, Wow. Colpevole, you know? <laughs> so, and so the lady says, no, it's about the painting because you cannot represent sexual acts. So, fuck it. <laughs> there is no representation of a sexual act here. I mean, really, I mean, I made the, I made the drawing <laughs> when I was in the Academy of Art and I was thinking about a woman, yes, so it's an erotic painting, but it was not. It was not a blowjob at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so, so I said, okay. Well, so what's the pro so? Because there were some, there were some parts that were around. Sure. Apparently, she thought it was right. Male parts, which we just took off the label. Okay. You know, and we just remained the women. Yeah. And so we re we resubmitted and went okay. <laughs> so we started selling happily the Sephardi. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Suffolkoni the, the tea bag. That's a, a, that's what was going on there. Everybody, they were like, "Those look like." Um, that's too funny, man. That's a great story. And however, inside of that, it it is for me like, it's not like someone wrote a letter to the ATF complaining that they were offended by this label of wine. Like it's just like it's just crazy that it, it became an issue. You know, it was, it was the Magnums that put you over there. <laughs> I think it was the condom company. Was it Trojan? Was like, yeah, no, we know nothing. We're not having this Suffocado Magnum bottle of wine on our market. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we had a lot of fun with it. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> we still have a lot of fun. It's really important. It's a really important part of the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. Because it's really, you know, it's um, when I started. In the winemaking, I kind of, uh, it's very important to get gain respect within the wine world, mm -hmm. you know, which is a crucial part. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was seeing like, uh, okay, the, the, the new rich kid uh, coming from the fucking castle, <laughs> who cares, you know, it's like really no, yeah. nose yeah. up, you know, and uh, he's making wine, who gives a shit about this guy? Okay. Yeah. And I, they didn't really take me seriously, you know? Yeah. And then, first they come out with the wines from Giglio and they've shocked the market because it was like, uh-oh, what's going on? I mean, everybody here has been trying to make a wine wine and no one managed to make something interesting. Oh, what's this guy doing here? No, it kind of looked strange. And then when I came out with the fucking Suffolkone, they were like shocked. Mm -hmm. They had all these noble guys. I went to the wine fair. Mm -hmm. They started all hugging me. <laughs> <laughs> you know? 
It's like I suddenly they embraced me and they kind of, okay, you're a friend. Come here, come here. No, I really managed to break all their all the rules and all the walls and and they started loving me. I love it. <laughs> they didn't want to lose the. Po- they didn't want to lose. The, they didn't want. They didn't want to not be part of the game. No? Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. yeah. No. Totally. Totally. Um, and that's kind of like like you know that's been your thing is and i don't i don't i don't and i don't mean it like it's your thing like you set out to i think it's just you being you but like you are that kind of renegade you are that guy who's walking a razor's edge looking to push boundaries that just kind of were you that were you always that like that, was that you as a child like you just kind of like no not really i mean i mean no 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 i'm not at all not at all i was kind of uh always just you know, doing my thing and and, and, uh, and into my thing and trying to do something, but not really. I didn't was not uh, needed. I didn't never needed to break barriers, kind of. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. it's so funny because most barriers, a lot of barriers, get broken when you're not trying to break them. When you just when you just do what you're doing, and then people, like you said, then people get on board with it. Like you know what I mean. You have to make the best wine. No, I mean I I, I mean it. I, people think that I am a marketing guy because I made this a Foucault and I mean, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> if you want, if you're a really marketing guy, it's like no, you don't do a Foucault, eh? no. No. Rather than people are doing, looking at my labels and say, ah, this looks like a supermarket label because they have strong colors. Yeah. And it actually, you know what? I discovered after many, many, many years, it's the opposite, because this would never work in a supermarket. No. Well, now. Maybe, you know, you have a different culture. But when I started in 2000, yeah. I mean, you brought something like this in the supermarket? I mean, no. No, no. Matter no. of fact, I've, I've, I the think. Opposite. No. Yeah, it's opposite. Like, the, the, the less expensive wine is it should just be a clean white label, let people know what's in it, not too scary. Exactly. You know? This is scary. Uh, I mean, yeah. your wife bring this in the table, thinks the, okay, the husband is going to jump on her. And <laughs> 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 Give me some suffocate. <laughs> Abuse her immediately. <laughs> 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 All right, what's, <laughs> what's up with number three here? <laughs> it's kind of no frame, not here. Yeah. Uh, there's no frame. Yeah, no frame. No rails. It's going off the rails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the darkest in color. This is Colorino. Okay. Colorino. Colorino mm-hmm. is the, the grapes that used to be in the, like just a few plants in the, in the, in the hector, and they grow, would bring a bit of color. You know? it's, uh, and uh, there was a funny story here because in the, in the, wow. in the 80s, 70s, uh, my f- there was a new law in, in Tuscany, in Italy, that for reinforce your wine, you needed to buy wines from Sicily. You could, you are not allowed to put sugar anymore in the grape, but you should buy wines from Sicily to help the agriculture in the help, south of to Italy. Help the, Sic- you know. <laughs> help the Sicilian agri- economy. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> but it and this it end up hurting both Sicily and obviously this is the politician lawyers. Yeah. But hurting Sicily and hurting Tuscany because Tuscany should plant the wines with Sicily and mm-hmm. Sicily should send the wines and sold be sold as a Tuscan label. So mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but my parents, together with the farmers, were very no, s- no, I say uh, proud of the land, mm-hmm. their the tradition, and they didn't even think about planting the wines with Sicilian wines. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, so they started planting colorino okay. which is normally you have just 10 12 plants in a hectare and they started planting full rows of colorino which is this plummy dense black fruit which is normal which then gave what the color that was missing and the structure that was missing to the wine right. mm -hmm. so these are like like an ultimate expression of tuscany right because you have the three grapes that are normally blended and then you've got these in single vineyard uh format it's tuscany <coughs> we talk about tuscany yeah it's kind of a the soul of Tuscany and and somehow the, the soul of Colore together. No, well, no. It's just cool. So, <coughs> what is the uh, the focus for BB Gratz wines for the future? Well, both. Good notes. <laughs> I decided that I don't want to be larger. Okay. So actually smaller probably because we want to have i mean we have been growing very very much but now i just said i want to keep i want to make my wine as much wines i can do in my cellar where i live mm -hmm. and stop so that's going to be my my barrier mm -hmm. now which is like two hundred thousand bottle of wines and not grow further so it's gonna like gonna reach to a place where I can play with whatever I want in high quality, mm -hmm. and I don't need to do more than that somehow. Rather than on Giglio, or the, the white wines, or the island there, mm -hmm. I want to there I want to grow because there is a kind of a need of agriculture there, mm -hmm. and also population. I mean, the island is getting more poorer population. So mm -hmm. there I mean, so we, I think the, agric the agriculture can be a, a bringing more people to the island. And right, because this is like this well. is like a eighty dollar bottle of white wine. This is not a cheap white wine. But if you could maybe make like a table wine, a large production, more jobs for people. I would like to do a large production with this one here. Ooh. <laughs> I would be happier. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's better to sell $80 is a better bottle than $8 bottle. So yes. <laughs> no, the thing, is, the thing is that to make the vineyards in the island, yeah. it's so crazy expensive. Rigorous, yeah, And the yeah. running of the vineyard is all by hand. Yeah. So, I mean, talking about, you know, I was talking with a guy in Australia and said, hey, okay, we have, you know, 700 hectares of, of vineyards. And I said, how many people do you have working? Seven. What? What? We have, no, one person in Giglio, one hectare. <laughs> no, no, I mean, one person yeah. in 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 Australia, a hundred hectares. Yeah, wow. So I mean, it takes a hundred times more. Take that, Australia. No? <laughs> so that's an inside joke, people in the studio. <laughs> For a person in the studio. <laughs> but there is, I mean, the wine. I mean, if you if you do. I mean, wine world is so huge. There is so yeah. much space. So if yeah. you manage to, if you manage to, to to really talk about the island, and, and you can really do it, you know. Yeah. And uh, and also maybe become a larger brand on a larger scale. I mean, it's uh, it's uh, possible. I mean, look at uh, Tignanello today. Is yeah. a million bottles. I don't know. I no mean, people don't people don't realize like how much first growth Bordeaux they make. Like people are like like that's insane. 
the amount of bottles produced and the price when you think about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, California cult wines, okay, you made 300 cases. Well, I understand it. People are making fucking 75,000 cases of shit they're selling 500 bucks a bottle for. That's pretty amazing. Um, all right, so we're going to do one more. We're going to do a little thing. Uh, I like to do it with my guests. It's called FMK. Fuck, marry, kill. I'm going to give you three grapes. You get to fuck one, you get to marry one, and you have to kill one off. Okay? <laughs> Can't drink it anymore. Your three grapes, BB, are Barbera, Dolcetto, and Nebbiola. I'm going to take you to Piedmont. Because I know you couldn't, you could, you'd you be like, I'm having a menage a trois. You know, it's like, but like, so yeah. Which grape are you fucking? Which one are you marrying? Which are you killing? Uh, Barbera, Dolcetto, and Nebbiolo. I am uh, gonna huh, kill the Barbera. Uh, maybe. Married, but uh, what was it? The Nebbiolo or Dolcetto? The, ne the Nebbiolo. Okay. And uh, yeah, have some fun with the Dolcetto. <laughs> <laughs> Dolcetto is a fun grape. <laughs> it is a fun grape. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, um, <clears throat> I know that you grew up with wine and everything, but like, was there? An inspiration. Was there a notable bottle of wine that you had? Not that you made, but what, what's the most notable bottle of wine you had that's kind of like informed your wine journey or that just you've enjoyed recently? Like you're like, wow, as someone who strives to make the best wine, what's something that you've had that was really notable and stuck with you? The, well, the, the one bottle that really made me as a point of inspiration in my wines in 2013 I tasted it in 2013, and really was a uh, kind of a opener huh? mm -hmm. for me. It's a, a Richburg uh, 2008 from DRC, mm -hmm. which I wanted to taste the DRC once, and I managed to get hold of one bottle. Richburg <laughs> from Emeteca Picchiotti, from the Psalms there. I yeah. managed to buy. I actually asked for DRC, and they said, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, you can buy this for like 600 euros. Like, okay, well, <laughs> whatever. And we had this bottle of wine. It was like shocking. It was like completely transparent, mm -hmm. you know, endless. Mm -hmm. you know, it was transparent, mm -hmm. so it was the opposite of what we were doing in, uh, in that time there in Tuscany. Mm -hmm. But endless, endless, and uh, the whole through the whole lunch, it was continuing, 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 continuing. And I just told myself, I want to make wine like that. Mm. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming in, BB. Tell people where they can um, find out what you're doing, how they can be a part of what you're at. Um, tell them where they can find you. They can find me in Florence. <laughs> <laughs> that, so that would be BB Gratz Wines. I'll put that in the link. You can find it's me. It's PR person's like no, slapping actually, or something. No, actually, <laughs> actually, I can advertise my, my Instagram. It's cool. You can find me on Instagram. Yeah, he's on Instagram. Yeah, and I'll put, yeah. you, I'll put the link to your Instagram there, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And we have we are opening actually now. Yeah, you got like time. a new hotel. Like you got, we didn't. I mean, yeah, we have got. Uh, stuff we 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 haven't got a new hotel. We transformed. You transformed the old hotel, a hotel yes, into our house and yes. winery. But this house knows. But there is a terrace in mm -hmm. the square of Fiesole, which used to be a old bar. It was like the most famous, most beautiful, the the most beautiful terrace of a bar overlooking Florence, you have the dome under you. And this is gonna be, it's part of the hotel. 
So we purchased it together with the hotel. It's going to be our, our kind of wine bar. Okay. So you're going to come in there and sit there. We can have a glass of our wines there and enjoy the dome and the view. And amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All right. For all my listeners, don't forget to check out the show notes for each episode. You'll find info on the wine we drank, which aren't even available here yet. And, and they're going to be whatever. But I'll put them in there. And I'll put links to uh, his socials where you can find them and uh, so much more. Until the next time, cheers to the Mavericks, philosophers, deep thinkers, and all you wine drinkers. It's your boy MJ. Peace. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. You had some fun while you were here. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to be an insider and get special content, make sure you go over to blackwineguy.com and get on our email list.